For years, CTA riders have coped with unreliable, unsanitary, and sometimes unsafe service. Block Club's investigative team, The Watch, has found that the system's leader, CTA President Dorval Carter Jr., operates with little accountability. The CTA board doesn't conduct formal performance reviews on him. He's operated without a contract for eight years, and his salary goes up by tens of thousands of dollars every six months. This is a Block Club Chicago podcast. I'm John Hansen. Manny Ramos is part of the Watch, the Block Club team that wrote the story. Manny, thanks so much for joining us here today. Thank you for having me on. I think it's important that we understand how the CTA is organized from a leadership perspective before we dive in. So can you give us a little bit about how that works? Yeah, absolutely. So the CTA is basically structured just like how a business is structured, where it has a president that sort of sits at the top um, who oversees the complete operations of the transit system. But unlike a business, it has a politically it's a politically appointed position by the mayor of Chicago. And uh, that president is also supposed to be watched over by the Chicago Transit Board, which has it's a seven seat chair uh, situation. Um, Basically, four are appointed by the mayor, uh, while three are also appointed by the Illinois governor. The current president is Dorville Carter, Jr., and he has been in the position since 2015 when he was appointed by Mayor Rahm Emanuel. Okay, so appointed by the mayor. Can he be? Fired by the mayor or does he have to be fired by the board or is it a mix of both? It's a mix of both. Normally what would happen, the mayor is the person that usually replaces the the transit president, but it it can be both persons or both entities, I should say. Who is Dorval Carter Jr.? Um, Yeah, so Dorval Carter has worked in transportation for his entire career and worked in the CTA for a very long time before he headed over to Washington, D.C. There he had stints at the FTA or the Federal Transit Administration. And he also would spend some time at the United States Department of Transportation as the acting chief of staff to former Secretary of Transportation, Anthony Fox. His time at this agency, he worked at all these agencies. He worked as chief counsel, chief of staff, uh, regional counsel, um, and even executive vice president at the CTA before coming back to the CTA. But he came back in 2015 when then Mayor Rahm Emanuel recruited him. Um, basically, Emanuel said was the biggest sort of contribution to that was Carter's connections to Washington, D.C., where he was the only person that sort of had a Rolodex similar to his, where he can lean on um, D.C. context to pull in federal dollars to bring back to the Chicago Transit Agency. And, you know, his tenure here has been a pretty tough one, um, specifically when coming out of the pandemic where ridership sort of plummeted and put a large hole in the agency's pocketbooks. You know, but federal, luckily, federal pandemic relief dollars really helped it keep the agency afloat during that time. But still, during the pandemic, the agency faced a lot of difficulties like shortage of bus and train operators. Services were unreliable and crime was being reported on CTA property more frequently than it ever had before, or at least in, in the previous 10 years. This resulted in calls for Carter to be replaced in sort of a very politically savvy way. He has been able to weather the storm. So he was hired eight years ago in many ways to be a conduit to Washington, D.C., using those connections that he had made on a national level to try and be someone that could help funnel legally money, of course, you know, federal dollars to the city of Chicago. First couple of years, 2015, 2016, 2017, 2018, probably not a lot of people know Dorval Carter Jr. The CTA runs as the CTA runs. And like you say, this all kind of comes to a pivot point as the pandemic really changes the calculus of where people view the CTA and their performance app. Is that really when the heat was turned up a little bit more on Dorval Carter Jr.? 
Absolutely. I mean, people, what really came to prominence during this period was what was called a ghost bus. That would be when folks would be standing at, you know, a bus stop, the bus tracker system, whether it be the Venture app or Google Maps, would say a bus was two minutes away. And that two minutes kind of just disappeared and the next bus would be 30 minutes away. Pop on any message board, community forum, or even Twitter, and it's clear, fed up commuters want the CTA to step it up. It's pretty unreliable. I mean, they can tell you the time's here, but it doesn't really matter. It's just either it's going to come on the time it says or you're going to have to wait another 30 minutes, 20 minutes. And then it'll say delay. And now I'm waiting for 20 or 30 extra minutes. So now I'm late for work. And issues of ghost buses and ghost trains became more prominent, which really started to raise the concerns of people who rely on CT every day to get back and forth to work or to get to their doctor's appointments and just regular daily life stuff. So that really started sort of the, the heat that started bubbling underneath Carter's seat. But then what really came to a heat is when crime really started taking root, especially on red line. Um, you know, we, there was it seemed at one point last year and, and to some extent the year before, there was a shooting on the red line almost every weekend, which got folks scared. Some people said that they wouldn't take the transit system anymore because of that. And that really started drying the ire of not only the riders, but also folks in city council. And what happens when city council is upset with the CTA? What is the mechanism they have to say, hey, let's get better at this. So speaking with some city council folks, it seems that a lot of them aren't really sure their role in this, right? They want to hold Carter accountable, but they don't know necessarily if they have the power to do so. As I said earlier, with the board and sort of the mayor's office sort of having that that prime responsibility over this office, they don't seem that they necessarily have the bandwidth to keep Carter in check. And we saw a little bit of that when Carter kind of, you know, rebuff requests to come to city council and, and speak before the council. I mean, this is something that was in the news quite frequently that I'm sure everyone has has heard about. But there are measures that they can do. They can withhold fold, um, funding um, for the CTA. There was some bit of that when it came to the red line extension talks, whether or not city council would release that funding for that red line extension, a small portion compared to federal dollars. But that really got Carter to see city council um, back then. I just want to make sure I understand. Can the city council not force him to testify in any way? Or did they not want to pull that trigger to do so? Or was it more politely asking a bunch of times and him politely refusing? That's the thing is, I obviously, I feel any independent body has the ability, ability to subpoena anyone that works within government. Um, I mean, I think that's pretty clear. But I think one is willpower, um, you know, whether or not the former mayoral allies wanted that to happen, um, whether the former mayor wanted that to happen um, is unclear. And that's why there are works sort of, you know, it, to, to, to have so Alderman Andre Vasquez um, has sort of worked in this ordinance or is trying to push an ordinance through that failed last year that would require um, not only the president of the CTA, but also the t- other top executives to meet quarterly with city council to provide updates. Um, right now, that is not an ordinance that is that doesn't happen in any way, but that would have more accountability to city council. I mean, the CTA is such a giant part of what living in Chicago is like for millions of Chicagoans. I'm surprised that there isn't already an apparatus in place to have quarterly updates or have a regular appearance by the CTA president. Okay, well, then how is he reviewed? How is the agency reviewed? Is it all done internally amongst the CTA board and the president? So that's some of the findings that we've reported on um, with our latest story that looked and sort of see who really holds President Carter accountable. You know, we found and learned 
that the, the CTA doesn't have a contract with the CTA president, as well as they don't conduct any kind of you know, formal performance evaluations, um, which runs counter to what some of the seven, you know, the seven largest transit agencies across the country do. The only other transit agency that doesn't have both a contract and run a performance evaluation is New York. You know, and the CTA argues that you know, these two items aren't needed because Carter is one, all his roles are stipulated in, you know, the, the, the transit board's bylaws, as well as an ordinance that passed when he was you know, put into that position. Um, but also just because um, CTA President Carter meets with the transit board regularly once a month. Um, and at that point, the board members can, you know, question him and, and, and hold him accountable to, so to speak, and of what their argument is. But people don't directly elect anyone on the board, right? You mentioned appointed by the mayor in part and appointed by the governor in part, right? Yeah, and I think it's clear for folks to understand that these are political positions. Everyone on the board is appointed by a political person, again, three by the state of Illinois or governor of Illinois, and then four by the city's mayor, as well as Dorval Carter is elected to his position, but also needs approval through city council. Manny, you mentioned the board of directors being appointed. Are they paid for their role as well? Yeah. So these board members are paid $25,000 a year. And, um, you know, part of the stipulation of that paycheck is that they appear before or sit on the board for every board meeting. And that's how often are the board meetings? Once a month. So we're looking at about 12 meetings a year. Not to say that there's not other extra work preparing for them and reading after them, right? Sure. And, and the CTA would argue the fact that, you know, a lot of conversation happens behind the scenes. Um, that was a, a real point that they wanted to stress that while they may not be as, you know, um, you know, harsh or, or critical of Carter during public meetings, um, they do have conversations behind closed doors to critique them a little bit aren't really documented. So one could surmise that there is maybe a push to all row with the same or in the same direction. I guess some critics to that system might say without any public accountability directly vote tied to voters in some way that it's in the governor's interest, the mayor's interest, the board president's interest and the president of the CTA to say everything's fine. I imagine that's what critics would say. Yeah. And, you know, and they're, they're, you know, speaking with some transportation experts and advocates, uh, there is that that question that continues to linger among folks is who really does Carter report to? Is it the transit board? Is it the mayor? Is it the you know customers like you and I who rely on these services? Now, I don't think there's a clear answer to that. Um, the CTA obviously would say it's the board, you know, but, you know, I, I went back and uh, me and my reporting partner, you know, Mac went back and watched board meetings dating back from December 2021 all the way until this most recent board meeting. And we really found a chummy and friendly relationship that the board has with Carter. Um, and very few instances where the board actually, you know, press Carter to question for answers of unreliability, as well as cleanliness or, 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 or crime. Um, it seemed more of a space where Carter could, you know, provide operations to run defense for himself and his agency. Um, while also being congratulated for doing a fantastic work. Hmm. So while there is a lot of people in city council, you mentioned Alderman Vasquez, in fact, dressing up as a ghost bus for Halloween as Twitter is upset or X as Chicagoans are upset. And there seems to be this giant push to make the CTA better. The reflections of what's actually happening in the board meeting don't seem to reflect what's actually happening in public discourse. Correct. Yeah. It's almost kind of jarring when you watch these board meetings and 
you listen into public comment section that has, you know, two or three folks calling and complaining about the fact that they relate to their, their appointment or even bus operators calling in claiming that they feel unsafe. And the board just simply either, you know, don't acknowledge the, 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 the complaints or they, you know, immediately afterwards, you know, thank Carter for all the work he's doing despite these claim, these, these questions. Are board meetings open to the public in terms of for offering comment or do they control kind of how the comment process works in a meeting like that? So it's, it's open public comment, um, similar to how city council runs and it does its public comment sections. For a long time, the CTA board meetings were held online um, for COVID reasons and things of that nature. Recently, they moved back to in-person. So going to in-person meetings, you see folks there uh, in-person giving their comments as well as still giving comments through their, their phone provider. But there's been no giant push like we've seen at school board meetings or LCS meetings where a bunch of people show up to voice the opinions that we've been hearing for the past couple of years about the CTA. There has been some action previously as there's this uh, transit advocacy group called Commuters um, Take Action. They really have been very vocal against the leadership within CTA, specifically on, on reliability issues. And they've held actions in front of the transit CTA headquarters, drawing concerns and complaints about how the services has been lackluster recently. So Dorville Carter, for all intents and purposes, doesn't get a thorough written review every quarter, every half year, every year. It's more informally based and seems to be more pats on the backs than stern uh, requests for more action on certain items. What has happened in his salary during that time? And before we we touch on that salary aspect, I, I also should mention the fact that it's not just other other large agencies across the country that conduct performance evaluations. For example, PACE conducts a performance evaluation of its executive. So does the RTA, as well as uh, so does Metro. In fact, Metro conducts biannual performance reviews behind closed doors, but those performance reviews still take place. So this is not something that is just happening nationally. It's also happening locally that the CTA board is not doing with their president. And while that has been going on, since 2018, Dorville Carter has been receiving biannual uh uh, salary increases. So every two years, every six months, you've been receiving a pay raise and they are worth tens of thousands of dollars. It's clear to understand like where he started. He started at about 230000 in 2015. But as of July, he's making $376,000. So his salary has ballooned about 60%, maybe if my math is correct off the top of my head <laughs> uh, since that time. Specifically though, a lot of that uh, salary jump came in 2021 uh, when he received a 30% pay raise. What has Mayor Johnson said about his performance and his future as the president of the CTA? So Johnson has provided every head of an agency basically a three-month grace period to show that their policies align with what his goal and missions are. We've seen other heads go, you know, Dr. Awardi being one of them. There's been calls to have President Carter also be the next or be an addition to the ones that have left already. But Johnson has repeatedly said he's working through evaluations in this three-month period. But it should be noted that that grace period has ended already. It's been well over three months now. And Block Club also, we look at Johnson's calendar, public calendar, and sort of like what he's been scheduled for since he took office through August. And we didn't find a single time where he met with 
Dorville Carter or any CTA top executive during that period of time. So how exactly Johnson's evaluating Carter, I'm not sure. We posed the question to the mayor's office. They refused to answer. So I, I couldn't tell you exactly how they're approaching that. The vibe that we started with at the top, that the CTA is woefully behind ghost buses, ghost trains, whatever it is, not running enough cars. I think anyone that spends any time on X or any social media sees these posts every day, that it is unsafe. Do we have great metrics to really determine performance or is this a hard area to really kind of gauge maybe how Dorval Carter's performance and the CTA's performance has gone over the last few years? So yeah, so CTA has released what they call the meeting the moment plan. And this plan basically outlines five different pillars that it looks to improve on. Reliability, crime, cleanliness, things of that nature, you know, improving bus operators are among those pillars. Also, an aspect of that is what they consider transparency. And that is sort of releasing a lot of that data to the public on a publicly accessible dashboard that's online on their website, where you can see sort of the their metrics over time for the past year or so. And you can sort of see that improvement has been taking place under their own data, internal data that they release to the public. Um, so they do, they have made that and they, they make it an emphasis that sort of showcases the amount of transparency that CTA is dedicated to. Um, since this meeting, the moment planet that that it hasn't been at this level of transparency in since for since Carter took took the position. Do you mention crime down? Like, I mean, are we talking down from 2015 or down from when they started releasing the data? Down since I would say last year. Okay, so we don't really have great information on the entire tenure of Dorval Carter, and crime fluctuates year to year, and we saw yeah, peaks and, and- citywide. Go ahead. Yeah, and, and I would say I sort of would, would you know be remiss if I didn't note the fact that it was a weird time during the pandemic, right? Especially when we talk about crime. The city of Chicago saw an increased crime across the entire entire city, and, and that sort of had an effect on people. And I think the CTA wasn't exempt from that. And as crime is coming down overall in Chicago in comparisons to the years following the pandemic, I think CTA is on that track as well. What's your major takeaway from reporting on this, watching meetings, <laughs> which, boy, sounds fun to be a reporter. If you want to be a reporter, kids, and watch old <laughs> CTA meetings, that's what an investigative reporter does. What's your big takeaway from this story, Manny? I think my biggest takeaway is it's very simple. It comes down to the fact that there is no performance re- evaluation of the CTA president. And this this goes beyond Carter and his current role, right? I mean, this has implications for the next president who's going to take over, who's probably going to have a salary that's much larger than Carter's just because they have to recruit. And so I think going forward, the CTA needs to do a better job of sort of holding accountable of their, their top leaders, specifically during tumultuous periods. And I think as Vasquez said in an interview with us, that really starts with a performance evaluation. Like how can you measure, you know, successes and growth if you aren't sort of documenting where you guys are at at this moment and tracking to see how that has changed over time with all the top agencies across the city, I mean, across the country, as well as, you know, the three locally here. uh, The fact that that's being done there and and, and not at TTA is of concern, in, in my opinion. Manny Ramos, great job on this story. Thanks for joining us. Thanks for having me. Really appreciate it. The full story at blockclubchicago.org. Till next time, I'm John Hanson, and we'll drop another pod on you soon.